0: If you need a laugh here on your behalf, it's Batmates. Are we fighting crime or just
1: wasting time? It's Batmates. Lunch, boom, crash, kapal, stream it down the holy
0: cow. You can stop listening now to Batmates because we're Batmates. Goodbye and unwelcome to Batmates. Me and Becca, and I hate my co host.
1: Me and Josh, and me think this will be most boring episode we do.
0: It will be most boring and shortest episode we have ever done. Um, So this week at Batmates, we are celebrating National Backward Day, and we've already honestly started to celebrate it because we recorded 10 minutes of this episode with the wrong microphone. So we're already (laughs) doing everything wrong, and also that means we're doing everything right.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, it's on January 31st, if anyone wants to celebrate by turning their shirt inside out, wearing their underwear on the outside of their pants.
0: Or recording your podcast with the wrong microphone. <laughs> Luckily we didn't get too far in, but um, if we aren't as funny in this first 10 minutes, it's because we already used up all our best jokes. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are a Batman podcast. We mostly focus on villains. Uh, we focus on the Silver Age appearances. Um, and this, and we're engaged. And we're engaged. Isn't that exciting?
1: This <laughs> episode, we're doing Bizarro Batman uh, for National Backwards Day, and we're also going to cover Bizarro because he's pretty tied pretty closely with yeah. Bizarro Batman,
0: mm-hmm. and they both appear in this beautiful comic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to do an episode of Squad Goals, and we'll do the Airhorn later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but we're going to start with a little bit of news. Mm-hmm.
1: Not to get political. Not to get
0: political. But this week was a really, really important week. Uh, a bunch of different people
1: peacefully power. transferred
0: into power. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was famed Batman co-star and super fan Patrick Leahy, who this week became third in line of succession to the presidency. Um So Senator Pat Leahy of Vermont is the most senior U.S. Senator in the Democratic Party, and he was sworn in as the President Pro Tempore of the U.S. Senate on January 20th. Now, if you're an international listener or if you just don't follow politics that much, um, basically the President Pro Tempore is the person who presides over the Senate when the Vice President, who is the President of the Senate, um, isn't there, which is most of the time because she's off doing other more important things. She's really only probably going to be there for, you know, really, really important votes where she's going to have to break the tie. Um, So most of the time, Pat Leahy will be in charge of the Senate, which is cool. Um, The other cool thing about Pat Leahy is that he is a lifelong Batman fan um, who has been in five Batman movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, He first appeared in Batman Forever in 1995. Uh, His son is also, is an actor, and kind of talked him into making the cameo. He was like, come on, Dad, be cool. You love Batman. Why don't you be in the Batman movie? So from there, he actually went on to voice a character in Batman the Animated Series, and he appeared in Batman and Robin, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and Batman v. Superman. Um, He mostly plays either, like, you know, politicians or, like, Wayne Enterprise board members. Um, In fact, his most visible role was in The Dark Knight in the famed party scene where the Joker bursts in and he gives his whole, you know, I got these scars speech. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Leahy plays a Wayne Enterprises board member in that movie who stands up to Heath Ledger's Joker and tells him, we're not going to be intimidated by thugs. Leahy later said that he didn't have to act when Ledger lunged at him with a knife. He was genuinely terrified. Um, And it is important to point out that all of the money that Pat Leahy makes from uh, his acting in these movies is donated to Vermont libraries, where he himself got started reading Batman comics as a little kid.
1: Yeah, I read he started reading Batman comics at the age of four. Mm -hmm. Um, While all of his other friends were reading Superman comics, he was reading Batman comics. And he got so into it that he was like correcting DC editors. Yeah. Um, Like he was writing DC comics. Uh, when they would mess up on something and he'd be like, you know, you, you messed up because on this panel and this comic on this page, uh, they, you know, Batman says this and does this and the editors would go back and they'd be like, oh yeah, he's right. I love that. <laughs> Which is great.
0: Do you remember how old you were when you first started reading Batman comics? I
1: like reading comics mm-hmm. probably a while. Cause I didn't have, I didn't grow up near a comic book shop. Yeah. So I didn't really have comics to read, um, so, yeah, I, probably, like, in my teens. Yeah. Because I know when I went to high school, a comic book shop opened, um, like, my junior year or something. Mm-hmm. So I went and, and read through a bunch of comics, and that's when I started collecting my Batman Adventures comics.
0: Mm-hmm. I think about the same for me, because I honestly think... My first, like, comic series that I read, I remember being in, like, high school. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I read Watchmen in high school. I read Kick-Ass in high school. Basically, like, when, when, like, the first, like, comic book movie boom was happening, I would see that a comic book movie was coming out, and I would be like, oh, I want to read the comic first. Mm -hmm. So I would do that, and then Mm -hmm. I would go see the movie.
1: Interesting. Which I I think was a good way to do it. I know I, I read, like, other comics that weren't, like, Marvel or DC comics when I was a kid. Because, like, you know, back of cereal boxes had comics. And, yeah. like, they would hand out, like, you know, Smokey Bear comics or whatever at, at school fairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I saw comics. I just didn't read, like, you know, mainline stuff.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I didn't really get really deep into, like, Batman comics until college, I feel. Hmm. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like I think... I read Dark Knight Returns in high school. I remember, like, being in chorus, and he had, like, the big folder with all your sheet music, and I had my, I had Dark Knight Returns in front of that, so the choir (laughs) director couldn't see me reading it, because I was a soprano, and I knew my part, so I didn't need to, like, actually look at the music. Because you had
1: the easy parts. Because
0: I had the easy parts. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, uh, yeah, but that's cool that he started so, at such a young age. Mm -hmm. We'll probably start our child reading Bad Bang Comics at a pretty young age. Oh, yeah. Four years old. For sure. We'll get Dark Knight Returns right now. (laughs) She'll she'll be reading year one. No. Get in there with the Dark Ages. No, 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 no. Um, One more last thing about Pat Leahy, something I found really impressive. Um, He wrote the preface to a graphic novel titled Batman, Death of Innocence, The Horror of Landmines, which was a humanitarian comic that was intended to educate readers about the dangers of active landmines left in war-torn areas. Um, He left a copy of the graphic novel on the desks of every single senator in Congress before an important vote on a bill banning the use of landmines, and the bill ended up passing 100 votes to zero.
1: That's that's an amazing feat, to yeah. get 100 votes to pass through a bill. Yeah. Um, the I actually um, wanted to say that he didn't just write the preface. Um, the article I read says that he collaborated with DC Comics to yeah. make it. So I don't Very know cool. who suggested it first, um, but it may have been him.
0: Yeah, I was trying to find like, was he? Was it his idea? Did he go to DC? Oh, but okay. I love. I mean, I would say there probably was like uh, a writer or a couple of writers who wanted to do something like this, and they were like, "Well, who in Congress is like this their their big issue?" And it's Leahy, by far is uh, a absolute outspoken, outspoken opponent <laughs> opponent of landmines. Yeah. Um, he, it's like one of the main issues that he cares about. Um, so congrats to Pat Leahy. Congrats to everybody who was sworn in this week. Uh, you know, shout out to our first female, first black, first Asian vice president ever. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah,
1: hopefully Pat Leahy won't have to take uh, <laughs> his, his the presidency. I
0: don't think he will. I think he will be absolutely fine. <laughs> this is not going to be a designated survivor situation in any... In any case. Okay. Um, Great. So that's the news Mm -hmm. for this week. Um, We're looking forward to the next four years.
1: Yeah. Oh, it is worth noting that um, he won't be appearing in The Batman, the the new film with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. He's a little too busy.
0: He's a bit busy. And I think they're filming that in the UK, aren't they?
1: Oh, they may be. Whereas they
0: filmed Dark Knight Rises in, like, Chicago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he could probably, you know, get get it there in a day. No, he's busy. He's, you know, got votes and stuff. So he won't be jetting off to (laughs) the UK and quarantining for two weeks in order to get yelled at by Robert Pattinson, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Cool. So, yeah, that's the news. Now on to squad goals. (laughs) This week, we're doing the one you've all been waiting for. This is Peacemaker. Um, So Peacemaker is the character who's going to be played by John Cena. Um, And we do know that following the Suicide Squad, he has already signed on to do a spinoff series that's going to appear on HBO Max. Um, so either it's going to be a prequel where we'll see a lot more of his backstory or this means that he's confirmed to live through the Suicide Squad. Yeah.
1: So it's likely that he's probably surviving through this movie. Probably.
0: I think that this is going to be like John Cena's big like step into mainstream acting.
1: Yeah. Other than, other than Margot Robbie, I don't think there's any other like major actors. Oh, you yeah. know what? You had mentioned, uh, Idris Elba. Yeah. Idris Elba is the other one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, none of these other guys are probably living through the movie. (laughs) Don't,
0: don't talk about Pete Davidson like that. (laughs) He'll be fine. (laughs)
1: They're called the Suicide Squad. I know,
0: I know. Didn't only, Not many of them died in the last one, I feel.
1: I know one died at the very beginning. Was it KG Beast or is that in the animated movie?
0: I don't think KG Beast was in the first.
1: Oh, okay. You're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. it was. <laughs> that was um, the animated
1: movie I'm thinking about.
0: It's not Captain Boomerang. It's, um, Ooh. I don't know. It was that one who, like, they didn't introduce him until, like, the third time they were introducing all the characters yeah. is when they were like, this guy. And he didn't get, he didn't even get, like, a freeze frame of, like, all of his stats. So it was like, okay, he's not making it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> all right. So, uh, Peacemaker. So, Peacemaker actually first appeared in Charlton Comics. And if you're thinking to yourself that Charlton sounds kind of familiar, but you're not sure why, keep listening. Um, so, DC acquired Charlton Comics in 1983. And after they did, uh, Alan Moore proposed using a handful of Charlton characters. For a graphic novel that he was writing that was titled Who Killed the Peacemaker? DC editors really liked his proposal for the story but they had just spent you know a ton of money acquiring these very expensive characters from Charlton and the story that Moore wanted to write would leave some of them dead or just you know completely traumatized by the events so they persuaded to get him to use original characters for his proposal and he then went on to create Watchmen with with artist Dave Gibbons. So the character of the comedian is pretty heavily based on Peacemaker, um, really just sort of in the way that he's like an all-American fighting for the flag, but has like kind of a shady past behind it and maybe a dubious morality. He's, you know, not afraid to kill people. His whole thing is like he achieves peace no matter who he has to kill. That's like his whole shtick. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: His usage in the Charleston comics is a lot different from how. Charlton or? Charlton, sorry. (laughs) His use in the Charlton comics is a lot different from how he is in, like, the DC comics. Uh, back in Charlton, he was a little bit more like Captain America and Hal Jordan. He's like a fighter pilot who gets dropped into uh, war zones to go after high-priority targets. Mm-hmm. You wanted to mention, yeah. one.
1: Yeah, uh, Sergeant Rock is what you... When you said that, reminded me of uh, Sergeant Rock, who's also a DC character. Mm-hmm. Um, although he may have been from another company that DC bought as well. Um, he's like a a guy who brings in like platoons of soldiers and solves problems and stuff. Yeah. Um, we watched a little animated movie that was tied to that Death in the Family movie, Mm -hmm. um, where he works with like universal movie monsters to like like, take down the Nazis or something.
0: Sergeant Rock and Frankenstein and the Wolfman and Dracula. Yeah. I don't think it was Nazis, but I honestly don't remember.
1: Uh, it might have, you know what? I think it might have been uh, like First World War Germans or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Kremlin. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the DC New Earth version of Peacemaker. Hold on to your hats. Okay. Um, this so, is, so
1: New Earth is post-crisis, right?
0: Yeah, this is late 80s. Okay. So this is likely what we'll get as his backstory in the Suicide Squad. Um, he was born Christopher Schmidt. Um, and his father, uh, committed suicide in front of him when he was a boy after it was revealed that he had commanded a Nazi concentration camp in Poland and had committed war crimes. So as he grew up, Christopher would see visions of his father in his SS uniform, telling him to be worthy of his legacy. And his father would like talk to him inside of his head. Uh, So Christopher and his mother following his father's death, you know,
1: well adjusted mental stuff. Yeah,
0: totally fine. Totally (laughs) fine. Happens every day. Uh, So Christopher and his mother moved to the US and changed their last name to Smith. And when he was 18, Christopher joined the army towards the end of the Vietnam War. Um, He was urged on by the voice of his dead father. And he inadvertently massacred a village of civilians and was sent to prison for 20 years to life. Um, Christopher was offered the opportunity to get out of prison on parole if he worked with the U.S. government on Project Peacemaker and became a member of a secret police force that fought terrorism. Ultimately, this project was canceled, but for some reason, Christopher was just let out of jail anyway. He was just, like, free to go because he said he would do it. Um, and he then moved to Switzerland to start his new life. He took over his father's old business that was manufacturing, um, ammunition and weapons and turned it into, um, a operation that manufactured household goods um so sort of starting oh. his his journey on becoming more of a pacifist
1: so like a, a reverse of tony stark
0: yes exactly <laughs>
1: where tony stark made it started making like toasters or whatever and then yes. made weapons yeah absolutely
0: absolutely <laughs> Um, so he soon became a millionaire and founded the Pax Institute in Geneva, which is a charity that aids war victims. Um, he then decided to start his own Project Peacemaker with a two-pronged goal. The first would be to raise money through the Pax Institute, and the second would be to spread peace as a masked peacemaker, a one-man high-tech army who spread peace through any means necessary.
1: Oh boy! <laughs> um,
0: so as he t- by any
1: means necessary <laughs> always is a bad phrase. Yeah, he
0: definitely is no Batman. He kills. <laughs> Um, he took on this mission and as he started to do it, his mental illness from, you know, witnessing his father's death and his father talking to him all his life, uh, it really worsened. Uh, with not only the voice of his father guiding him to become more violent and extreme, but he also hears the voices of people he has killed and people who he could not save. He believes the souls of these people live in his helmet and can give him advice. Oh boy. They guide everything he does. So they thought
1: that uh, putting him in the Watchmen comic was too dark, but then they did this with him after they bought him?
0: They didn't want to kill him off. They were like, wait, no, we have a bunch of artists who can squeeze a ton of money out of this guy. (laughs) It's just, I, I was just reminded, it reminds me of um, that song from Lion King 2. He, <laughs> <laughs> he lives in you. He lives in you. I love it. Wonderful. So, yes, he lives in you. Um, all right. So, in modern times, Peacemaker crosses paths with Jamie Reyes, who is the Blue Beetle. And this is actually years after all this, like, Killing, people talking to him, souls living in his helmet. He's gone through therapy, he's gotten better, he is a lot more mentally stable.
1: Blue Beetle, also a Charlton comic character. Yeah,
0: which is probably why they paired them up, because they Mm. were like, oh, hey, let's put all these Charlton things together. So, um, Peacemaker discovers an alien tech scarab belonging to the Reach in a Bialyan pyramid, Let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. So the Blue Beetle is... uh, He's a superhero. He's a superhero. He's controlled by this scarab, which is like an AI alien tech that fuses to his spine and gives him like a cool suit. Um, There's a bunch of other beetles that were created by the Reach and their intention is to like take over their host and like go back to their civilization and be like, I'm going to be your superhero. But the real thing is that the AI is controlling the host and is like actually I'm going to infiltrate your society and become your new like r- ruler. Yeah, it it, right?
1: it it basically uh it the reach is an alien civilization that created sleeper agents yeah. by giving these these like beetles to the the world's champions. Yeah.
0: However, the blue beetle is one that was like defective and when it like, finds its hosts, um, it becomes more of, like, a symbiotic relationship. Where yeah. he's able to actually be a hero without, like, infiltrating and causing harm. Uh-huh. Um, so the Blue Beetle mantle has been passed down to three different people at this point, And the current yeah. one is Jamie Reyes. Um, who's cool. <laughs> 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 <He's>, he skateboards. <laughs> um, so... In this Bialian pyramid, uh, Peacemaker discovers a scarab, which fuses to his spine and, like, downloads all this information into his brain, and it compels him to seek out and kill Jamie. And when the two finally meet, Jamie is actually able to interface with Peacemaker's scarab and convinces him to face his inner fears, um, which gives Peacemaker enough strength to actually break away from the AI that's controlling him and cut the scarab from his spine, which injures him, but he lives. Um, that's crazy, because I thought
1: the whole thing about Blue Beetle was like, he, can't, he remove, can't live without it. Yeah, he can't remove the scarab because it would like take a piece of his spine out, and he, yeah. can't, he can't do that.
0: No. Um, so following this, he then becomes a mentor figure to Jamie. Interesting. So he becomes a good guy in the end. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we mentioned earlier... That's a
1: lot of complicated stuff. <laughs> I know. They probably
0: won't mention the Blue Beetle, but I thought it was interesting. Okay. Uh, he'll be played by John Cena in the Suicide Squad movie. Um, and the character... his John Cena's character in WWE is very, like, all-American. He loves the military. He's always doing, like, Make-A-Wish stuff. Um, however, like... John himself as an actor has great comedic timing, and as, like, a person in real life, like, what I've seen of him on, like, you know, Total Bellas and, like, those, like, reality shows that WWE does, he's, like, a genuinely funny person. Hmm. He, He really just, like, he gets the joke of, like, what he does for a living, and, like, he... He, out of anyone who's ever been on, like, a, a, like, e-television reality show, like, understands the hilarity of it. (laughs) And, like, he'll, he, he's just a really funny guy. Um... I'm really excited to see what he does with the role with like his comedic chops. Um and I put his acting abilities like somewhat higher than Dwayne Johnson's and just a bit lower than Dave Bautista's. <laughs> so he's like somewhere in the middle. I've never seen him do like a dramatic turn. I don't know how that would be. You know what? Wasn't
1: he in that Wasn't he in a movie about a car or something? Or am I making that up?
0: John Cena in a movie about a car.
1: Am I thinking of
0: uh all I'm thinking of Herbie fully loaded. No, and that was Lindsay Lohan. You know, what,
1: you know who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of um, Chris Hemsworth, the guy who played Thor. Yeah. Because I think I read, or I somebody told me that he was he played Thor, and then he was in a movie where he had to fit in a tiny car, so he had to like lose his muscle mass, and then he had to play Thor again, and he had to build his muscle mass back up.
0: Okay, that's the
1: story I heard. I'm that's un- what I'm thinking of. I'm
0: unfamiliar.
1: <laughs> okay, John Cena's only been in like WWE sponsored movies,
0: pretty much. But he's been in okay. quite a few of them. Okay. Um, Um, he also... Where he uh, plays, like, an
1: action hero in those, right?
0: He does, usually. He's in, like, the Marine. Here's the thing about John is, like, you know, you'll... I'm, I've been a wrestling fan for a pretty long time. You'll go through these phases of being like, I hate John Cena. When his music hits, you sing like, John Cena sucks. And he'll <laughs> sing along too. it's funny. Um, but then like, when he gets like dead serious and he like gets on the microphone and he really wants to like bury a fool, like he can really make you get on his side and be like, no, listen to me. Like I'm the smart one here and you're nothing. Mm-hmm. So like people say that they hate him. They wish he would, you know, well, become I a bad it- guy. But like, he, he could work a mic. He can talk I, to a crowd.
1: In many ways, he's like Superman or Captain America, where yeah. he is this, like, you know, kind of corny all-American hero, but, like, when somebody really, like, needs to believe in someone, those are the go-tos, Yeah, you know? it's
0: true, and, like, the thing with, with the difference between, like, him and Superman and Captain America is that WWE has just never had the courage to, like, have him be bad even a little bit to get like any kind of redemption arc. He he's never the bad guy ever. I
1: mean, he was he wasn't a good guy in the nineties, right? Well, in
0: the nineties, he was sort his. Okay. He was like a bad boy. His right? first gimmick was as a professor of thugonomics. <laughs> he was basically like he was kind of like Eminem. He was like WWE was trying to be like, look, we're cool. We understand. Like he was like a gangster rapper. Hip hop culture, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. It's, there's a, a conversation that was aired on television in, like, I want to say, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, where Vince McMahon is talking to John Cena, and Vince McMahon just, like, says the N-word. like oh my to, to John Cena. And he's, because he's trying to be cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not a good look at all. Okay. So, don't look that up. <laughs> it's very bad. <laughs> anyway, I don't think he ever this. This isn't a
1: wrestling podcast. It
0: could be. Honestly, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I'm excited for Peacemaker. I think John's going to do some great work with it. I yeah. hope they don't shy away from the, like, Nazi backstory. I think that's pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they'll do it, but maybe not. Because, like, if, if the movie takes place now, that couldn't be his father. Like, if it takes place in present day, like all the other DC movies. I don't you know. know. Uh, anyway, do, do we want to move on to uh, Rogue Roundup number one? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's in two parts this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure thing.
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, I did Rogue Roundup for both Bizarro and Bizarro Batman. Bizarro Batman, there's not a, a ton to say. So I'm going to go over Bizarro first so we can get up to speed as to, like, who he is and what his appearances were before the comic that we're about to read. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see here. The first appearance of Bizarro is in Superboy number 68, which was published in 1958, where he's created by a scientist, uh, which is using a, he creates, the scientist creates a duplicator, which creates imperfect duplicates of non-living things. Okay. Um, but he, like, fumbles and accidentally hits Superboy with it. (laughs) Um, the comic goes, goes to great lengths to say that Bizarro, um, is not a living being. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he like dies in the end of the comic and it's to like get around the comic book code. Like it's like a loophole that they found in the comic book code. Like, similar to the way that like kids superhero shows, a lot of the times the villains are like robots yeah. where they're like, oh, well the superheroes can't kill like humans, but they can like knock the head off a robot. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the same deal here. Um, it's actually there's it, interesting because even though that's his first appearance, um, the guy who was writing the Superman daily comic strips in the newspapers claims to have created the Bizarro character. Um, even though Otto Binder, who is the, the guy who wrote the Superboy comic, um... Was the first one to use him. Al- Alvin Schwartz was claims to have created him. Mm-hmm. Um, also worth noting, the Superboy comic, uh, in the fifties was not like Superboy as we know him today. It was just Clark Kent as a kid. Okay. Like the Smallville television show, except he wore a Superman costume.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> did it have like Lana Lang and all those other... I don't know. I
1: did, I mean, I only read the one comic. Okay. Um, I haven't, I didn't read like backlogs of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like him as a kid. Um, let's see here. I was going to talk more about this comic. Uh, Bizarro is a duplicate except for his strange face. He's got this, um, different than like modern day Bizarro. His face is just sort of like angular. Like it looks like it's made out of, uh, the triangles or something. Okay. Um, and he's, this is like a regular Frankenstein's monster scenario, uh, where everyone recoils from the sight of him. Um, right down to him befriending a blind girl in the comic oh my god. like it's super derivative of Frankenstein to the point where like he joins a family and the family is like well I guess we gotta put up with him and then he like goes to a blind girl and befriends a blind girl oh
0: my god <laughs> it's incredibly derivative and then he der- escapes and kills a maid or kills a kid and blames it on the maid
1: no no he doesn't kill anybody but he does do <laughs> like he's trying to do good and uh, ends up like messing things up hmm. uh, sort of bug- Bumbles into it. Gotcha. Um, let's see here. Uh, he's immune to kryptonite because he's an imperfect double, um, but he's defeated by the duplicator ray pieces, and uh, the the explosion that happens when when this occurs also inexplicably cures the blind girl.
0: Oh, which is weird. Oh, good for her. Thought she gets a happy ending.
1: Yeah, even so, though she
0: loses her only friend, but that's fine. <laughs> I
1: Didn't say only friend. It was her only friend. <laughs> Wow. Um, So, like I said, in the same year, an adult version of the character debuted in the Superman newspaper strips, Um, he was introduced to the comics in 1959, a year later, where he was recreated by Lex Luthor uh, when Lex Luthor created a replica of the Duplication Ray that was used in the Superboy comic. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a little thing where he's like, I found this newspaper article from when Superman was a boy... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and so I'm going to use the same technology to create like a, a double.
0: You know, what's weird though is in the last World's Finest that we read, we saw that Lex and Man have been rivals since they were children.
1: Hmm. So
0: you would think that he would be like, I remember this.
1: Did, Lex didn't live in Smallville though, did
0: he? I, I don't know why it said that they were rivals since they were boys. I mean, he's in the Smallville television show.
1: Yeah, he is. It's true.
0: Let, let's, let's look it up.
1: Okay, so one quick uh, flip off to Wikipedia and we're back. Mm-hmm. The, to the listeners, it was no time. And what's what's your findings?
0: Uh, so Lex was born in Smallville and he did admire his local hero, Superboy, as a child. Um, he saved Superboy from kryptonite and the Boy of Steel built him a private laboratory. Um, but he... Uh, so Lex accidentally caused a Fire, like chemical fire. Superboy put out the fire, but inadvertently spilled a bunch of other chemicals, which is why Lux doesn't have any hair.
1: Oh, so interesting. Maybe that's why
0: they're rivals. Is because Super, Super Superboy Boy accidentally
1: made him bald. All
0: of his hair. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, Ugh, I hate this guy. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Longest rivalry in comics explained.
1: Oh uh, man!
0: <clears throat> so yeah, that was my question. Is wouldn't Lux be like, oh yeah, I remember when I was a kid that that one time that we had a uh, S- Superboy's <laughs> double came to visit. Maybe
1: he wasn't around. Maybe he's on summer vacation or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Skiing in Aspen, he's a little rich kid. Uh,
1: okay, so yeah, um, he he come he gets introduced in the comics in in fifty nine. Lex Lex duplicates him. Uh, Bizarro then falls for Lois Lane because he is a duplicate of Superman. He has like the memories and feelings of Superman. Which
0: is important for this comic that we are about to read.
1: Um, and, uh, he, so Lois Lane fixes this by using the Duplicator Ray on herself and creates a Bizarro Lois.
0: Oh, lovely. (laughs) What is she like?
1: Um, is she dumb? Uh, I mean, she's as dumb as Bizarro is. Oh, I guess
0: so. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But, like, Lois is really smart. Lois is, like, one of the smartest characters in the DC universe. I guess that's
1: something I should mention is that all Bizarros in almost every single canon have, like, reduced mental faculties. Yeah,
0: it's almost sad (laughs) how easy to trick they are. Uh,
1: yeah. So, the, the two of them leave Earth to find somewhere else to live. And that's, like, in that first appearance... Um, comic Bizarro calls himself Bizarro number one now. Like, he finds a new place to live, and he calls himself Bizarro number one, which is ironic, because, uh, Lois also calls herself, like, the the Bizarro Lois calls herself Lois number one, even though Bizarro number one is, like, the second appearance of Bizarro. Yeah. And also Lois is, like, the duplicate of
0: Lois. Yes. Um. They're not smart.
1: They live on a planet called Hitre. Okay. Um, which is Earth spelled backwards. Oh. So it's H-T-R-A-E. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. You showed me that, and I was like, that's weird, and I didn't even realize that it was Earth backwards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's part of the backwards day thing, is, mm-hmm. is the planet they live on is called Hatray. Um,
0: I made the joke, can I make the joke that I made to you earlier about what his S stands for? Yes. So, Bizarro Superman has a backwards S, which stands for EPO. Uh, E-P-O-H. Yes. <laughs>
1: Which is hope backwards. Yes. Um, but we all
0: know the S stands for
1: Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, when Superman visited this uh, planet, it was populated by other imperfect duplicates of Lois and Superman. Mm-hmm. Because Superman creates his own duplication ray and just duplicates himself and Lois a bunch of times to create like citizens of this new planet. So they don't get lonely, I guess. Great. And to have a society. Okay. Okay. Um, Superman visits, uh, he gets accused of trying to make Bizarro World more perfect, which in Bizarro World is a crime, Mm -hmm. because they want to do everything the opposite of what Earth does. Um, so before he can be sentenced to death, uh, he suggests that he can fix things by making the world more imperfect, um, because it is, at the time, a spherical planet, And then he decides that uh, he can make it more imperfect by making it a cube. So Mm -hmm. it won't be like Earth. It'll be less perfect Mm -hmm. than Earth. (laughs) Um, Eventually, Superman duplicates uh, green kryptonite into blue kryptonite, which is Bizarro's weakness. Um, There's also another notable story where Bizarro and Bizarro Lois have a regular looking super baby. um, And it comes to Earth. And then they think that it's like another Kryptonian or something, Uh, but it, but it ends up that it switches, like it changes, it metamorphosizes into a Bizarro looking boy (laughs) later on. That's sad. Well, it's not sad because he gets shunned from Bizarro World for looking beautiful. Too human. Yeah, exactly. Like in their eyes, beautiful is wrong. So then he looks ugly again. They, they welcome him back.
0: Oh, that's good. (laughs)
1: Um, so that's, that brings us up to speed on, like, the comic that we're about to read. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear about, like, modern age Superman stuff?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. If can do the research.
1: So, so post-Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Bizarro gets created, um, by Lex Luthor via a cloning process but it's done under the false assumption that Superman is a metahuman because mm. his alien backstory had not been like revealed to the public yet. So Lex Luthor thinks he's a metahuman. He tries to recreate him, uh, and this creates uh, a Bizarro clone, uh, which is not Kryptonian. This one dies. Uh, a second clone gets created, which also dies. And then a third clone gets created when Joker gains Mr. Spitlick's power. I don't know if you remember, we mentioned this in our Joker episode. Okay. So he gains those, like, fourth dimensional reality changing powers. Okay. Um, Vaguely. <laughs> and uh, that's the, the third n- new new age bizarro.
0: Who does still call himself bizarro, bizarro number, number one. <laughs> Right. <laughs>
1: yes, he still calls himself Bizarro Number One. Love it. With a big with a big medal around his, his chest that says Bizarro Number One. Um, that one, uh, later on I'm gonna talk about uh, goes on to create uh, a Bizarro Batman for himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in the New 52, okay.
0: You got really upset when you I were reading very, this. I was very,
1: very upset. Okay, I'm ready. So New 52, DC's like uh, initiative that started in 2016, where- No. They, no, 2011, Eleven. Uh, where they rebooted all the continuities, and uh, I think that almost every single thing that happened in the New 52 is garbage and dumb, except for, I think Court of Owls was New 52, and yep. that's like the only good story that came out I of it. That was
0: right at the beginning, too. <laughs>
1: Okay, so in New Fifty Two, Lex Luthor uses half Kryptonian, half human DNA to try and recreate Superman.
0: Okay,
1: in a way that he does in uh, Post Crisis, similar to Superboy. Okay. Okay. This test subject is A Zero. It's a hulking white monster.
0: Okay. Sounds familiar.
1: Okay. This this one gets killed by Lex Luthor because it's like going on a rampage or whatever. Okay. The next subject is subject B0.
0: Okay.
1: You can maybe be able to see where I'm going with this. Uh, he is used, Lex Luthor uses this test subject to defeat the crime syndicate, which is like the Justice League from another earth that's actually bad that comes to his earth. Right. Um, do, do you under, did you get the pun here? Because it's dumb, and I don't think you did.
0: B-Zero? B-Zero. Oh, Bizarro. (laughs) Yeah. Because
1: Lex Luthor calls the test subject B-Zero, and like the first time it speaks, it's like, Bizarro will do good, or whatever like that. Okay. I got so upset, because it's the dumbest setup for the dumbest pun (laughs) that they're like, this is his origin, this
0: is his name's origin. That's kind of cute. I don't hate it that much.
1: I think it's super dumb. Okay, so that's all the news that I have about, or that's all the, the rogue roundup I have for Bizarro.
0: We mostly know that, you know, New 52 was so they could put all the female heroes in, like, scantily clad outfits. Yeah, that yeah. Was- most of the reason why they seem to be like, Hey, let's reboot everything and make everybody younger and no one's wearing any clothes. <laughs> For some reason DC was super horny in two thousand
1: eleven. Wasn't there like a Starfire like Starfire comic where yeah, she was we on were a- looking
0: at all the Starfire stuff today and she's like Barely wearing anything.
1: I want to say, like, when she first appeared in New 52, it was, like, multiple issues where she was just on a beach in her costume.
0: Yeah, it was her and Red Hood and a couple other people. It was, like, his Red Hood and the Outlaws book was, like, him and Starfire and a bunch of other people. Hmm. And, yeah, all these, like, think pieces went out about, like, why is Starfire not wearing any clothes? (laughs) What
1: the heck? It's so weird.
0: Yeah, it was horrible.
1: so weird. Um, oh, the, the thing I didn't mention, uh, Bizarro's backwards talk that he uses in this comic, that originated when he uh, was in the the Sunday morning newspaper strips. Mm. So, like, the first Bizarro that showed up in the Superboy comic, he didn't have backwards talk. But then, later on, uh, it, like, picked up, and, and that's what that's how he talks, like, the opposite of what he actually means.
0: Yeah. So, when he, you're not talking about, like, speaking backwards like Zatanna, you're talking about, like, saying, like, me am bad today. Yeah, exactly. he's. Doing well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I didn't explain what he looks like either. He, he looks like Superman, except he's chalky. Um, he's, like, usually has a pale complexion. Sometimes his skin is flaky. Um, in the older comics, he has sort of, like, an angular face to him mm-hmm. where it looks like he's made out of triangles as well.
0: Yeah. We went back and we watched uh, an old episode of Seinfeld today when we were doing research for this episode because I brought up, you know, the idea of, like, well, why, why is he so told to be, like, The exact opposite of Superman. Like, in what ways is he exact opposite? Mm -hmm. Except for the fact that, like, he, you know, says things backwards and he comes from the bizarro world. And I remember there was an episode of Seinfeld where Jerry explains bizarro Superman to... Elaine, because she has become friends with a guy who she thinks is like opposite Jerry, mm-hmm. but just in the way that like Jerry's really unreliable, and this guy is like really reliable and responsible, and like cares about her as a friend, yeah. which is like, well, then you should just stop being friends with people who are jerks. <laughs> um But yeah, they have this whole conversation in his kitchen where he Jerry's like a big Superman fan, and he's like, yeah, well, he's Bizarro Jerry, and. She, She's like, well, who's Bizarro Superman? And he says he lives on the Bizarro world where up is down, down is up. Uh, he says hello when he is, is leaving. leaving and goodbye when he shows up. And Elaine has some really great points <laughs> where she asks, like, well, he does, does he live underwater? And he's like, no. And she's like, is he black? <laughs> no. <laughs> so he's opposite in some ways, but not in all the ways that he could
1: be. Did my explanation, like, of his, of his past explain how he's opposite more?
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Like, um... Yeah, he's just like wants to do the opposite of what Superman does yeah. or, or thinks that he has like a, a twisted moral code.
0: Mm-hmm. The other the other funny detail is in that episode, Elaine goes to uh, Bizarro Jerry's apartment and he has a figurine of Bizarro Superman like next to his door, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um... Excellent. Do you have anything else on Bizarro Superman before we hop into the comic?
1: No, I think we're ready. Uh, We're going to hop into World's Finest number 156.
0: So World's Finest 156 is from March of 1966. That's
1: the cover date.
0: Yes. Um, It was written by Edmund Hamilton and E. Nelson Bridwell. It was penciled by Kurt Swan and inked by George Klein. Okay. So... The comic opens with a direct attack on me personally and my messy room. And I did not appreciate that. It starts with like a little PSA about like a mom and she's like, hey honey, you're going to be late for babysitting. Also, you should clean your room. And she's like, no, I know where everything is. And then she goes to babysit a little boy and he's like, let's go play a game. It's in my messy room. And they spend half an hour looking for it and they don't find it. So then he has to go to bed without playing. And she's like, "Well, you should pick up your room so you can find things." And she's like, "Oh, wait a minute! I should follow my own advice." <laughs> and I am very upset because my room may be messy, but yes, I can always find everything.
1: This is D- this is like DC's PSA thing, and this isn't the opening of the comic. This no, is like the, this is the the preface or whatever the the little yeah. comic that they put before the. Batman's
0: real- not in this part, <laughs> and then Superman comes and cleans up a room. <laughs>
1: That's not what happens. It was just like the little PSAs that they were doing. I, I thought they stopped doing these in like the late 50s or something, but it looks like they kept doing them into the yeah. 60s. I love it. It is. It's it's good to teach kids responsibility. It
0: is. All right. So the comic does actually start extremely wildly. Um, Batman and Superman are going on a mission to build an interplanetary Fort Knox on a distant <laughs> planet to house gold from several UN nations who fear their wealth being stolen.
1: Okay. (laughs) Many questions. Okay.
0: Okay. Go ahead. This is the first panel.
1: What good does gold do anyone in space?
0: Um, So it can't be stolen by the advancing criminal science that's happening on Earth. Because apparently there's no crimes in space.
1: Okay. I understand that. But if there was space crimes, this new Fort Knox is not guarded. They aren't bringing Earth guards up there to guard it.
0: No, what they are doing is Batman designed a lock that not even Brainiac could crack.
1: Okay, that's fine. Uh, What if they want to grab the gold? Like, what if they need the gold for something? Make a transaction or some such?
0: I think the idea is Superman's going to fly up there and get it. They
1: need to contact Superman every time they need to make a withdrawal or a deposit.
0: Yep. (laughs) Why? To keep it safe from... From criminals. From all of the criminals who love to steal, it like... Seems like... It just seems like a
1: hassle. Like, Superman's got things to do.
0: Yeah. Why is Fort Knox not enough? Don't we have, like, guards down there still?
1: Yeah. I mean, we still have a ton of gold in Fort Knox. The U.S. Yeah. government still has a ton of gold in Fort Knox.
0: Apparently, it's not good enough. Easy to steal.
1: Even though we went off the gold standard in, like, the 20s or whatever.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I. What other questions do you have? <laughs>
1: uh, about this specific panel, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. I did. I did. Okay. Uh, also, I have here, it's still baffling to me that the government trusts the man in a bat costume whose identity they don't know. Yep. <laughs> I, like, I understand in Silver <laughs> Age, like, Batman is a, is a deputized officer of the law yeah, or whatever. Yeah,
0: worldwide.
1: But, but like, that's true. Yeah, they said, he, you know, he, he has jurisdiction in Mexico and yeah. stuff. Uh, I just, I don't understand how he can... How they're like, oh yeah, man who we don't know the true identity of, take take all the nation's gold. Well,
0: listen, they don't know Superman's true identity, but they know that he's saved the world enough times that they know they can trust him. That's true. So I feel like if Superman's like, Batman's a good dude. You
1: think Superman is I vouching? Trust,
0: yeah, <laughs> I trust Batman. The whole world trusts me, Superman. Ergo, everyone can trust Batman.
1: Yeah, that's true. And yeah. like, if you you can't really disagree with Superman either, can you?
0: Yeah, no. He could destroy us with a thought. <laughs> so there's a little element of fear.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I think that's all the questions that I have.
0: Okay. So, um, how are they going to get to this planet? They've built a experimental rocket, although it's not really going to like blast off from anywhere. Um, Superman's just going to carry it, and Batman's <laughs> going to ride inside.
1: Um pretty sweet deal on Batman's end. Pretty
0: sweet deal. He just gets to ride in it. Probably much faster than true interplanetary travel because Superman's got like super speed oh, yeah. travel faster than the speed of light. Yeah,
1: he can go like as quick as, as the speed of light.
0: Crazy. Um so don't worry. Robin's going to look after Gotham City while Batman is gone. And he says he can handle it with Jimmy Olsen, who neither has powers nor knows how to fight. <laughs> he's like, yeah, Jimmy and I will handle it. And if I was Jimmy, I'd be like, excuse me, you and who are going to handle yeah, Jimmy all Olsen of the is, crime in which cities?
1: He's like, Jimmy Olsen is just a newspaper photographer, right? Yeah,
0: he's like, I don't know, 16.
1: I know that like, in the Silver Age, he had his own comic, like Superman's friend Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, But in that, I think... Even in that comic, it was mostly just him getting into situations that Superman
0: had to save. Superman would help him. Yeah, no. Jimmy Olsen is literally just a glorified damsel. (laughs) He does nothing, (laughs) and they murdered him in Batman v Superman. That was so sad. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so uh, so on a distant planet, Bizarro Number One, aka Bizarro Superman a.k.a. Just Bizarro, is spying on the secret mission from his home on Bizarro Earth. And Bizarro Earth is absolutely wild. I mean, I know we've talked about, like, why it's a square, why it's a cube. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have lots of questions. Okay. How do seasons work there? Does it rotate? Do people live on, like, the edges? And if so, is, like, the gravity all messed up?
1: I wouldn't it work like gravity would shift. Okay, so I think I've I've watched this like uh, people like debunking flat Earth theories or whatever. And Mm -hmm. they're like the way that we understand gravity as we know it. Like if you had a square planet, the further out to the edges you got, the more slanted gravity would get. So you would look like you were uh, doing like a Michael Jackson moonwalk kind of thing. Not
0: the moonwalk, the, uh, um, Annie, are you okay? Oh, are yeah, okay? yeah, that thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, where he like leans. A smooth criminal. Exactly, yeah, you, you would be doing a smooth criminal like the further to the edge of the, the world that you got.
0: Okay. Um, and
1: I mean, then after you like crossed over the threshold, you would be just be doing it in like the opposite direction or whatever.
0: Okay. <laughs> Who wants to live like that?
1: The, the Bizarro people.
0: Oh, yeah, because their geometry's all messed up. Yeah, they that. they
1: want things to be uneven.
0: Okay, and now my other questions, too. Since you mentioned that everybody who lives on the Bizarro planet is just a clone of Superman and Lois and their mm-hmm. children, I guess? Yeah. Because they're making babies. Um, it's weird, because like, they don't all look like Superman and Lois when it gets to like, the crowd shots. So uh, I wonder if they like abandon that.
1: Maybe. I mean, there, y- if you look closely in the crowd shots, there are still, like... Bizarro and Lois, uh, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like clones or whatever. Yeah. There is, uh, although, like sometimes there's a guy with different colored hair or something. I don't know. Maybe that's the baby. Maybe maybe, maybe that's like the grown up baby.
0: We'll see it more at the end. So maybe when we get to the end of the comic, we'll we'll take a we'll, look at. We'll come back actually... to it. Okay is if i'm just wrong um all right so bizarro decides to clone batman using the imperfect duplicator ray to create bizarro batman and he's got some floppy ears and i like that
1: but okay bizarro batman is created by shooting the duplicator ray at a picture of batman that bizarro is watching on television
0: yes also i don't know how this is being televised this- <laughs> it's a secret mission That no one knows about. To take all of the world's gold and push it somewhere else.
1: I mean, Jimmy Olsen's there. There's got to be a news reporter somewhere, right?
0: With a live feed camera that can reach another planet? I don't know. All right. It's very strange. It never is explained.
1: Well, I I was just going to say, this breaks all established canon of how it works. Like... The duplicator array duplicates what's in front of it. Whether that be Shouldn't it
0: duplicate the TV?
1: Exactly. It should create an imperfect duplicate of the television. Not of Batman.
0: I don't I don't know what to tell you.
1: These writers are lazy.
0: Yeah. We need to get Pat Leahy on this to to give a give a letter to the writers from, you know, 1966. I was
1: gonna say, is the writer still alive? Probably
0: not. (laughs)
1: That's fine. We can move on.
0: We can move on. Uh, I'm looking it up. No, Ed Hamilton died in nineteen seventy-seven. Okay. And uh, E. Nelson Bridwell died in nineteen eighty-seven. Okay. So we unfortunately cannot hold their feet to the fire this time. <laughs> but I'll see them in hell. <laughs> I've got questions. Anyway. Um, so in issue number 156 of World's Finest. <laughs> please, I've been dead since the eighties. <laughs> Everyone who comes down here asks me about this. God. Look, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you're
1: right. It, an, uh, it should have been in a duplicate of the television. It should have been the
0: television. If I could go back, I would, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So um, the most important thing here is that Bizarro Batman has very floppy ears. Yes. And I like that. And, them and he's
1: got the same sort of like wonky face that uh, Bizarro Superman does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the two decide to come to Earth, right?
0: They do. Um, so, But first they kind of explain a little bit about the Bizarro world. Uh, Bizarro's live life embracing imperfection. Which I think is kind of beautiful when you think about it. If we could all just sort of like embrace our imperfections and see the beauty in our own flaws, I feel like the world would be a nicer place to live.
1: Would it? I yeah. mean, we're going to see the problems of, of that philosophy in this comic.
0: I guess so. Um, so, Bizarro. Uh, he comes to Earth
1: because he wants to like be. He wants to replace Superman, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He explains his plan to Bizarro Batman, which is that, you know. Batman and Superman are leaving the earth and they have to, you know, take their beautiful ideals of imperfection to the people of Earth. Um, Bizarro Batman agrees that they must hurry, but first he t- wants to take a little nap. <laughs> so, yeah, because time is of the
1: hurry. essence. I must take a nap. He must
0: take a nap first. Um, so, the Bizarro is the exact opposite of the heroes they're cloned from. But you know, just in that sort of surface level way of like they think bad is good, down is up, all that weird kind of surface level stuff we don't. yeah.
1: About. Batman Bizarro Batman is wearing in this in this panel uh, where he gets taken to earth like, what looks like a jar with a, a piece of metal attached to it yeah. as, a, as a space helmet. A
0: pickle jar. They do some weird things with, like, Batman going into space in this yeah. comic. Go check kind of like. I know. mean, they
1: realize, like, that they have to have all that sci-fi stuff in in the Silver Age, but then they were like, well, Batman's like a human. How can, can
0: Batman go to space? <laughs> he, can't,
1: he can survive. He can survive out in space. Yeah
0: uh so bizarro duo lands on earth and they tell robin and jimmy olsen that they're there to fill in for batman and superman um they also mention that they have all of batman and superman's memories and ergo know their secret identities so robin and jimmy agree that they must play along and stick with the bizarros to keep them from giving away those secret identities Mm -hmm. um Back in the Batcave, it's kind of revealed the biggest difference between Bizarro Batman and regular Batman is Bizarro Batman's just lazy. So he <laughs> says when crime is afoot, the best thing to do is nothing. <laughs> However, he does then get a call from Commissioner Gordon, who alerts him that someone snatched the safe from Gotham's jewelry company, and Bizarro Batman says he knows exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Um Back on Bizarro Earth. Oh, wait, wait, the... wait.
1: Oh, my goodness. I can't believe. I'm so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. We have to go back because when uh, when the Bizarro's first show up to Earth, I think it's Jimmy Olsen says, here's where the egg hits the fan.
0: Is it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> which is like my new favorite yes. phrase. <laughs> he does. It says, this is where the egg hits the fan. They also call these two uh, Daffy Doubles. which Daffy I thought, Doubles. Which I thought was a great... Okay, we can move on.
0: Okay, feel free to interrupt me at any time. Okay, I, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, Batman gets a call. There's a jewel. There's a jewel thief. Go. ghoul ugh, Sorry. Jewel blah, blah.
0: thief heist. Yes. Going on. He knows what to do. So since Bizarro World has like opposite traffic laws, he's driving on the wrong side of the road. He's stopping at green lights. Um, and then when they finally get to the crime scene, Bizarro Batman attacks. The police squad cars with pocket sand. I
1: was going to say, yeah, he does the old <laughs> pocket sand at him. He swings down and throws some dirt in their face.
0: Yeah, and they swerve off the road and they don't catch the jewel thieves, which one of whom looks like has a bag over his Oh, no, that's the safe. It looks like he has a bag over his head, but no, it's the safe. It's in,
1: oh, it's the safe in the back seat. Yeah. The
0: safe in the back of their convertible.
1: I mean, that's the way to do it. That's
0: the way to do it. Yeah,
1: because, like, you're going to waste time trying to get into the safe. You just take the whole safe. Yeah. And then, like, you know, then you can spend your time at home when the police aren't look or, you know, they can't find you.
0: Do they have a safe cracker there, or are they just going to, like... No, they could just blow it up or whatever. Try every combination. No,
1: or they got, like, a a metal saw or whatever.
0: Oh, I guess so. Uh, Moral of the story, don't keep your money in safes. Why? Put it on a a distant planet. (laughs) That's true, yeah. That's the safest way to do it. Uh, so, uh, he gets rid of the sand from what he calls his useless belt, mm-hmm. and then when he swings back up, Robin asks Bizarro Batman why he let the thieves get away, and Bizarro Batman basically says, A-Cab, um, he says, uh, the law must be unenforced.
1: Can we go over the things that Batman had, the Bizarro Batman has in his, uh, useless belt?
0: Absolutely. So, he then shows Robin his useless belt, which is full of cigarette butts. Bottle caps, rusty nails, used chewing gum, and cigar ashes. Yep. Which I guess must be what he threw in their faces. Ew. Ew. That was the pocket sand. Oh, man.
1: That's got a that's gotta sting. Ouch. Right? And yeah. smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll actually see later on that these aren't entirely useless. Because no. he does use one or two things from this uh, later on in the comic.
0: While we're on the subject, or is this going to come up later in Road Roundup 2, do you want to talk about the various incarnations of Bizarro Batman's... "Quote unquote utility belt."
1: Uh, we can talk about it now because um, I don't think I have it written down. In in the in like the more modern stuff, it gets called a futility belt, mm-hmm. which I think is a greater. It's it's a, a pun that, that works really well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, I think in 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 the one comic that I was looking at, he has like a yo-yo and like a dead fish or something. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff, you know, just random stuff like. Five and dime <laughs> garbage.
0: Not to kill the comedy of the episode, but that reminded me that in the the, the landmine comic that we were talking about earlier, it like ends with somebody being like, Oh, what's this? A yo yo? and they pick it up and it's not it's a landmine. Oh no. I know. So don't pick up yo yo's. <laughs> don't could...
1: pick up yo yo's off the ground in the middle of the
0: desert. You're in the middle of any country that has, it has been a war born. zone. Yeah. Because yeah, it could be a landmine. Um anyway. So uh, Bizarro Batman turns an old abandoned office building that once belonged to Bruce Wayne into his new Bat-base, which is complete with extremely conspicuous signage all (laughs) over the place that says Bat-base this way, Bat-tower, headquarters of Batman and Robin.
1: Which uh, is great for him because, you know, a secret hideout must be well visible to Bizarro's.
0: Yes, exactly. It has to be visible for it to be secret. Exactly. Which will come up later. Uh, so over in Metropolis, uh, Bizarro number one is building a fortress of crowds so that people can come in and see all his stuff, which <laughs> is the opposite of his fortress of solitude. Yep. And actually the people of Gotham are pretty jazzed about it. They're like, oh, people cool. People of Metropolis.
1: People of Metropolis. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah.
0: People of Metropolis are pretty jazzed about it. Um, they're like, oh, cool. Superman built a museum for all the cool stuff he's done. Let's go see it. <laughs> I feel like we would see that. We would want to yeah. see that. Yeah.
1: I love the next panel, which is him showing Jimmy Olsen what's in the, uh, what's in the Fortress of Crowds.
0: I do too. I I love the sign that says Secret Weapons, Take One.
1: So, yeah, so the Secret Weapons is wonderful because he has uh, in here, it's a cannon, which is mounted on a a flat tire on one side and a bike tire on the other. (laughs) And then, like, literally just tied to the top of it via a rope is, like, a Gatling gun. And then tied to the top of the Gatling gun like is, like, a musket. Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that that was one whole thing. Oh, that was, like, two separate ones and, like, one was in the back. No,
1: it's, like, one whole thing which is uh, tied together just with, like, pieces of rope.
0: And then we get another one that's, like, a big cannon just tied to a gigantic stick of dynamite.
1: Yeah. And, of course, uh, a slingshot. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the greatest weapons that Superman has ever come to face-to-face with.
0: Exactly. Uh, so, Bizarro uh, gets to work improving uh, Metropolis, dumping garbage in the park, and building mm-hmm. huge barriers on the streets to stop traffic.
1: Where did he get... Okay, so in the... the... The panel where he is dumping garbage in the park, he has a giant trash bin. It's Mm -hmm. like 20-foot tall trash bin. Yeah,
0: it just looks like a regular, like, waste paper basket you'd see in, like, an office. Yeah, but it's, like, 20 feet
1: tall. So, A, where did he get this? Or, B, what is he using that looks like a waste paper bin? What do you think?
0: Um, I guess it could be, like, a... Like a giant thing that was built for like a landfill, maybe. Oh, maybe
1: like a big bucket for like a, a steel mill or something. Or,
0: okay, maybe he took like, um, like an exhaust pipe, like a big exhaust pipe off of a building. Like, like, okay, imagine like a steel mill that has like the big exhaust pipes on the top. Oh, and he
1: turned it upside down and added a bottom to it?
0: yeah. Pulled a bottom in it. And then he just went to a a landfill and like scooped it up. Uh Uh-huh. And he dumped it in the park.
1: Okay. So yeah, he's making Metropolis less perfect, uh, which in his eyes is the right thing to do. Going
0: to make it more perfect. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love it. Um, Then, so Jimmy is like, hey, stop what you're doing. You've messed up traffic. Everyone's going to be late for work. Capitalism must continue. And so uh, Bizarro gets kind of angry with Jimmy telling him what to do. So he decides to switch to his Clark Kent disguise to hide from Jimmy. But no one can really tell that he's Clark Kent because he's just absolutely hideous.
1: (laughs) He also doesn't really look like Clark Kent. He's got a a torn up suit, uh, like a, a, a hat that looks like it was stomped on. Yeah. Cracked glasses.
0: His yeah, his tie is all askew.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, to him, is is wonderful.
0: Yeah, he looks great, beautiful. <laughs> so on a distant planet, Batman and Superman have finished their interplanetary Fort Knox. They quickly return to Earth, and they find. I just uh, want to point
1: out for a second time how stupid interplanetary Fort Knox is.
0: Yeah, no, it's a terrible idea. It's a waste of money and Which, resources for this comic. Means it's a great idea. Hmm. Yeah, hmm, think about it. Um, they find Bizarro. Starting to paint a lighthouse's windows with black paint, and on the next panel, they even though Superman like flies up and is like, "What are you doing?" In the next panel, Bizarro Superman is already finished. Like he just like lets him do it. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, this is gonna be a big like issue for any passing ships, but like I'm gonna let you finish it." Yeah, you already
1: started. You like get a dark house, a dark or house. it's quite possible that what we are seeing is the backside of the the lighthouse. And the next panel shows the front side of the lighthouse.
0: Oh, you know what? The cliff, the cliff is on the other side.
1: Hmm, I figured it out.
0: You figured it out. It's how a, did they it's get over there? Though?
1: Different camera angles.
0: But how did they get over there?
1: It doesn't matter how they got over there. Okay. Let's move on. Okay.
0: Uh, So next, Batman, Superman, and Robin lure the bizarros to Trophy Hall to try and reason with them. They tell the bizarros about all the good they have done. We
1: don't explain what Trophy Hall is.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. So Trophy Hall is a place where Batman and Superman collect all the, like, cool things from their various missions together. So yeah, can be like, so
1: it's it's like Batman's trophy room in the Batcave and Superman's Orches trophy in the Solitude, but it's like a joint bank, it's like a joint account where they, Yeah. <laughs> it's it's only this stuff that happens in the World Finest comics.
0: Yes. Um, so they tell Bazaar about all the good they've done and they flash back to a caper where Joker tried to rob a bank using laughing gas coming out of a flower in his lapel, um, which they don't really explain if that's his like, joker gas that can kill people or if it's just like nitrous oxide i
1: think it's just laughing gas that would like
0: incapacitate people yeah um but superman just inhales it all because it can't affect him which means he can never get dental work done i
1: think he's done this before i think yeah. he's done this in like other dc media where he likes like, to, like sucks inhale up. All the
0: fire in y- the fire yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah he actually um bizarro does that uh, bizarro in the superboy comic does that um, yeah he sucks up all the fire hmm
0: Um, So the Bizarro's become fascinated with how attractive Joker is because like them, he has a completely white face (laughs) and they decide to try to undo all that Batman and Superman have done on Earth. And I think it's kind of important to point out that they mention that it's uh, a shame to lock the Joker up for committing crimes. I'm just going to put a pin in that. Okay. It's It's a shame for the Joker to be locked up for committing crimes.
1: Yeah, he should be free because he's a criminal yeah. in Bizarro uh, logic.
0: He's done crimes, which means he's making the world a better place, which means he shouldn't be locked up. Yes. Um, so the Bizarros won't listen to reason because they don't understand Earth logic. So plan B is just for soups to yeet them back out of their I own planet.
1: Exactly what is in my, in my notes <laughs> is yeet!
0: He just picks him up and is like, I'm throwing you back where you came from. He just
1: throws Bizarro Superman I love it. in the we, air, so thinking that that will work. He knows Bizarro Superman can, can fly.
0: fly. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, so the Bizarro Superman returns to drop a boulder on them. He then grabs Bizarro Batman and flies away to start doing evil. Um, Batman pursues the two of them while, well, you know, Superman takes care of that boulder and... He decides he's going to get rid of the traffic in in Metropolis because that's what's most important on his list right now.
1: I can't believe that. I know. He's like, oh, there's cars that are backed up. I got to go fix that before I deal with the criminals that are on my planet.
0: Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, establish a public transport system underneath Gotham. Sorry, Metropolis. Metropolis. I even had Gotham in my notes at one point. I had to switch to Metropolis last minute.
1: I mean, like we discussed, they're <laughs> sister cities. They
0: are okay. Um, so the Bizarros arrive at a state prison nearby to break out Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, Bizarro Batman tries to open the cell with a corkscrew. The,
1: the guards here in this prison, one of them, one of them is shooting at Bizarro Superman with a Tommy gun. Yeah. Did guards in prisons in the '60s have Tommy guns?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I guess we would have to ask. That somebody. seems like
1: overkill.
0: I mean, I guess for like if a situation where someone's breaking through the wall, you you bust out whatever guns you got in the back. Why
1: Tommy guns? That seems like an outdated kind of gun for for the '60s. I don't know. That's like a that's like a 1920s gangster gun.
0: I don't know. I really don't. Maybe it's just badly drawn. Maybe it's the only gun the artist knew how to draw. <laughs> Like, I don't know, it's a gun.
1: I mean, yeah, this is this is another one of those cases where it's like, the artists probably didn't know much about guns, so they yeah. were just like, ah, just draw a gun that I've seen in movies. Yeah. Uh,
0: so they try to open the cell with a corkscrew, which isn't going to work, but it turns out that the door was just left unlocked, which is lucky. Mm-hmm. Joker explains it like, oh yeah, they were just locking me up, and I guess they got distracted by the guys bursting through the wall, and they just forgot to lock it. Cool, so he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, Joker's just happy to be involved in the fun. Bevan... <laughs> Batman, Bizarro Batman and Bizarro Superman start to kind of explain, like, why they're doing this, and he's like, I don't care. He's like, I don't, I have no, I have no further questions.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, fix me a room in, in your, in your Bat Tower, and I'll be great.
0: Yeah. Um, so the Bizarro's induct Joker into their Federation of Bizarro Idiots, or the FBI.
1: Which is, uh, the title of the comic.
0: Yeah um love it <laughs> and for some reason you said they they make up a room for him yeah. they set up a room for joker that is upside down and they joker walk...
1: asked for it this way
0: did he he did they walk on the ceiling using suction cups
1: yeah joker asked for the room to be set up like this he says uh if you'll fix me up a room as i direct you
0: and oh. then the
1: next panel is he's upside down. Why would Joker want to live like this? It's Why did old he want? gag
0: I've used before, but I like it. The I like it. Suction cups on our feet will hold us in place. Uh, I don't know. I guess you know they're just going off like he's so crazy. He wants to walk on the ceiling. That's so
1: weird. Very
0: odd. Um, and then Red's like, I don't need suction cups. I have superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> they also like up the. You can see in the next panel like the furniture is like nailed to the ceiling, so it doesn't fall this is so weird i hate it um that's
1: amazing core strength though because they're in sitting position but they're upside down
0: yeah he
1: has to he has to be physically pulling his own top of it, half of his body weight up by his like feet
0: um i mean not necessarily because he's on suction cups i don't know just the, wouldn't the blood flow to your head and you would it would hurt a lot <laughs> i don't care um, it
1: doesn't matter because this doesn't happen for very long. No,
0: so Joker lays out a plan to steal jewels from all the women at the Gotham charity ball by, uh, you know, telling the Bizarros that like, oh, it's so hideous! They're wearing those horrible jewels. We must save them from those horrible jewels that are on them. Yeah,
1: they're 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 on board because uh, the Bizarros hate beauty, so yeah. they want to get rid of the beauty.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, next panel, we're actually at the charity ball with Vicky Vale, mm-hmm. a rare Vicky Vale cameo, um, and Bruce Wayne, who of course is there because he's a socialite, and also he thinks that the Joker is probably gonna hit up this charity ball. <laughs> um, Joker arrives on a skateboard, you know. That's
1: amazing. Eat your, hoed out. Eat your heart out, Tony Hawk.
0: <laughs> yes. Very normal stuff. Um, he then zooms to the party grabbing jewelry off of people, and he mentioned the skateboard makes it easier for him to, like, zoom through the room and grab jewelry. But wouldn't, like, wouldn't he have more control on, like, a roller skates? Yeah,
1: rollerblades would be a better option. Yeah.
0: Here. I just, like, skateboards are kind of hard to turn. They are. Especially if you're trying to go fast. Yep. So, I don't know. I've never ridden a skateboard, but I have played a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And I know <laughs> that it is really hard to turn on those things. Um, so, Bruce changes while the Bizarro's hand out trash to the charity ball attendees as, like, replacements for the horrible jewels they were wearing. Mm-hmm. I love the, the back of this panel is just a man uh, with a lampshade on his head, and he's looking really cross about it. Like a
1: a lampshade, but it's small enough that it fits, like, around the top of his head. He's not wearing over at his face. Yeah,
0: he looks vaguely like Richard Nixon. (laughs) Just a tiny little (laughs) thing. There's also
1: a woman who is wearing an opened tin can on top of her head as well. Yeah, and
0: she's kind of looking up at it like, how'd this get here? (laughs) Um, And then uh, the world's greatest detective, trained by elite ninjas, slips on a banana peel. (laughs)
1: Truly a low moment in his his career.
0: A horrible moment for our buddy.
1: Like, Bizarro Batman just sort of tosses this banana peel in his direction, and Mm -hmm. Batman falls for it. Like, literally falls.
0: Literally. It was so sad. Uh, So, in that beautiful, you know... extremely impossible to beat escape plan um the bizarros and joker escape in the bat jalopy to bat tower
1: Mm -hmm. uh new more doable dream car here the bat jalopy
0: absolutely i could get that tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) it's like a it's really i was gonna call it the bat hoopty
1: yeah it's it's a beat up like it looks like a volkswagen or something like a volkswagen bug it's missing like one of the front fenders uh (laughs) it's like it's missing a light the windshield is broken (laughs) uh yeah the the what is it the license plate is on sideways this thing is great yeah. but it still has the it still has a trademark uh like batman uh face on the front
0: yes it painted on yeah <laughs> finger painted on uh very confusingly okay so like superman's there obviously when they get to bat tower um i love the joker's like wait why are we going here superman's gonna know we're here <laughs> and it's a sure enough seconds after they enter the tower superman's there um very confusingly the bizarro's are fine with handing joker over to superman uh and with him going back to jail because he has done good deeds by doing evil.
1: Yeah, they logic it out. However,
0: We're... pages before they wanted to break him out of prison because he had done good no, deeds. No, okay. Crime. So
1: are are you confused by this because I understand
0: extremely. it
1: extremely. Okay, I understand it fully.
0: Okay, wait. Let me let me say okay.
1: Okay, so, so in Bizarro World Logic, okay. if you commit a crime, if you if you make things more chaotic, you are doing good. So you deserve to be out of jail. Yeah. If you go and then do good and create order and try and make things better, that's as bad as committing a crime because you're making the world more perfect. Okay. So you belong in jail.
0: Okay, but Joker didn't do that. He did crimes. He went to jail. They broke him out of jail. He did crimes. And now they're like, all right, we're sending him back to jail then.
1: No, because... That
0: doesn't make any sense his, to
1: me. His crime this time was helping people look less beautiful, which was a good deed.
0: But he didn't create order in doing that. He did a bizarro good deed, which means he should get A bizarro good punishment, which is to be out of, in jail. I, me, am broken.
1: Yeah. Bizarro logic kind of falls apart because you have to like think of like what is opposite of opposite sometimes. And like, what is, if you do the opposite of something, does that make it, does that make good bad? But like, not all the time is good bad. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I think
0: they just don't care. <laughs> and they don't care. They're like, oh, Joker has to go back to prison. Yeah, the Bizarros think like, oh yeah, well that's good now.
1: They're agents of chaos. They're agents of
0: chaos, absolutely. um So Bizarro returns the jewels to Superman because he's. They know that he will properly dispose of them. Mm-hmm. um And then they go off and destroy a train track. <laughs> and Robin calls Batman, who chases after the Bizarros while Superman then you know uses the super strength to fix it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. um th- This is a reference to like a little earlier in the comic where they mentioned like. Stopping a train from derailing, and and so Sup- Bizarro Superman and Batman are like, well, we have to make sure that the train derails. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> um, so in Gotham, the Bizarros and Robin are being followed in the Bat Jalopy. Um, Bizarro Batman throws out nails from his useless belt, which gives the car a flat tire. This panel was weird. I thought it was just like sort of weird filler. Um, it turns out to be a reporter, and then Bizarro Batman is like. Well, uh... I'll show you who I am. I'm going to show you who I really am. Like, my secret identity. And he unmasks. And first, Robin is like, oh, no. But then the reporter can't tell who he is because he's just too hideous. And it's funny because it's like, he was going to unmask. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess Bruce Wayne is famous. But, like, everyone... I mean, they're in Gotham, so I guess, yeah, everyone in Gotham would know Bruce Wayne's face, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of my favorite moment from... Justice that,
1: League Unlimited, I think. it's
0: Justice League Unlimited? Yeah. Where um, Lex Luthor inhabits the body of the Barry, Barry Allen. Yeah, the Barry
1: Allen Flash. Flash.
0: And he is like, I don't know, he's trying to like do stuff, and he's kind of dejected, and he's like, well, at least I can figure out Flash's secret identity. And he goes into a bathroom, and he unmasks himself, and he looks in the mirror for a minute, and then he's like... I have no idea who this is. <laughs> I just love it.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean like Lex Luthor is a businessman in Metropolis. There's no reason he would know like a a, a
0: scientist a, from Coast City. Yeah, exactly.
1: A detective in Coast or City. Or he's a detective.
0: He's a he's a cr- criminologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crime lab tech. Isn't he? He's a crime lab tech.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: Or a forensic
1: Something like that, yeah. Forensic, forensic detective, scientists. I don't know, whoever, whatever. Yeah, I should Flash comics. That has nothing to do with this comic. I love
0: forensic science. Anyway, okay. Uh, yeah, he has no idea who he is. I, does that mean Barry doesn't carry his wallet on him when he's Flash? Yes. Doesn't he have to, like, eat constantly?
1: Uh, he it's kind of a newer thing. He has to eat a lot of calories. He doesn't yeah. have to eat constantly. He's
0: not like Pac-Man. <laughs> 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 he has to eat while he runs. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay. All right, all right. Back to the comic. Back come to the, on, comic, come. Back to the comic. Batman and Superman have devised a plan to stop the chaos that the Bizarro's are, are uh, enacting on their world.
0: Yes. So they head to Bizarro World with Batman wrapped in a cozy little Superman blanket. Yeah,
1: it's like a little Snuggie.
0: It's really cute. I kind of want one.
1: It's just this little blanket and then he also has a space helmet on. Yeah,
0: it's wonderful. <laughs> um, Why didn't
1: they do it this way when they built the Fort Knox? Why did they need a spaceship to go to Fort Knox?
0: Did you forget what else they had to bring with them?
1: Oh, that's true. All
0: the world's gold? Well, was Superman supposed to carry that in one hand and Batman in the other? Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway. They they had, like, truckloads of gold in that first panel.
1: Okay, okay. Crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, All right. Jeez.
0: All the world's gold, Joshua. All of it. Um. So... They get to Bizarro World, and they get to work fixing the entire world, straightening buildings and roads, squeezing coal into diamonds, which really upsets the people of Bizarro Earth. Which, okay, now that we can see them a little more clearly, yes, I can see how that is Clark Kent. Uh Uh-huh. And I can see how that is a woman who maybe looks a little like Lois because she has black hair. But I don't see it that much. And this one doesn't look like anybody. That guy
1: with the brown hair doesn't look like them at all.
0: Yeah. I also love how, like, okay, Superman's fixing these buildings. Batman's just, like, looking through, like, one of those, like, landscaper tool things. Okay, I have
1: it written down here. Uh, Batman is using a surveying tool, which is called a dumpy level.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's a level that you put on a tripod. Uh, you There's like a little glass vial in it that has um, like a, a little bubble that you have to line up. Mm-hmm. And then you can use it to take angles and stuff for surveying.
0: Yeah. He's not really helping though. He's just sort of being like, yep, looks good.
1: Well, no, he's like, he's telling Superman like a little to the left and then it'll be straight.
0: Sure. Uh, so... Robin shows the Bizarro's what Batman and Superman are up to in their homeworld. world, um, and the Bizarro's plan to ruin their lives by holding up a big sign with their secret identities. They start to leave the building, and Robin's, like, literally right behind them, and he's like, I gotta stop them. But then he somehow loses track. I don't know how he gets distracted, but he's five feet behind them, and then suddenly they are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I mean, I guess Superman is super speed. Yeah, so Superman
1: is super speed.
0: Um, so... Bizarro return returned to their home world and they yell at Superman and Batman to leave and never come back because they can't go on making the world look beautiful because that makes it ugly. Um, and they say that you know Batman and Superman can never come back and they're going to stay on their planet to make sure that no one ever comes to try to do what they did. And Batman and Superman are like, great. Exactly. That was our plan. You stay here on Bizarro Earth. We're going to go back to regular Earth. Everything is as it should be. Mhm. Um, so they return to Earth, and Robin warns them that there is a sign somewhere that has their secret identities written on it, and he doesn't know where it is, because he lost track of them. Um, and Superman is able to find the sign with his supervision. Uh, he finds it buried near the center of the Earth, where, in Bizarro Logic, everyone would see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is great.
1: And Bruce gives like dishes out some harsh criticism here. He calls them pathetic pinheads. Oh
0: man, I mean, true.
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, no, They're, they definitely are pathetic pinheads. They
0: really are. <laughs> they also left the uh, the Bizarro Ray, like the duplicator Ray, just there. Oh so really? They, so they can't use it again on Earth. Yeah. Um, the pathetic pinheads left this souvenir, the Ray machine that created Bizarro Batman. <laughs> Um, so back on Bizarro, there's a big parade for the Bizarro heroes. They get booed while people throw spoiled fish and bricks at them. And this all takes place as they roll past, uh, a store that just sells stale bread. And I wanted to come up with some ideas for stores on Bizarro Main Street, other than the stale bread store and the Just Bad Cafe. The only other one I thought of was a Zune Emporium.
1: Mm. Did you have any? Uh, like a costume jewelry shop. Okay. So, so something that's like fake, um, mm-hmm. The last national bank.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's almost a threat. <laughs> I like that.
1: And uh, an unrepair shop. Okay. A break. A break. A thing shop. Break a
0: thing shop. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I'm glad. I'm glad you you uh, took the assignment well. <laughs> it's funny. All right. Wonderful. And that is the comic.
1: Yeah. Do we have a moral of the story?
0: I said a couple. Okay. Don't don't leave your stuff in safes um it's a stupid idea to set up a uh, gold fort knox <laughs> That's on true. a different planet yeah and um you know what sometimes it's okay to love your imperfections that just makes you human
1: mm. Mm. good Deep. good okay uh we're gonna move into the rogue roundup for bat zaro yeah okay uh so this is like his only consequential appearance in the old, older comics, like the Silver Age up to when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he shows up again in some comics, like whenever Superman visits Hatray or like Bizarro World. um Bizarro Batman is sometimes there um, as part of like a Justice League that Bizarro Batman created which is like weird facsimiles of the Justice League mm-hmm. um, but he, again he, he doesn't play like a major role in any other comics um, up until uh, the Bizarro in 2005 uh, Bizarro 3 uh, which I told you about which was created by Joker when Joker had the, the world altering powers mm-hmm. um And this bizarro Batman is called Bat-Zaro. Slightly different, but still the same idea. Um, This Bat-Zaro dual wields pistols and guns down couples in Crime Alley, which is the opposite of Batman's origin story. Oh, man. Um, This Bat-Zaro gets killed by the Joker, uh, because he dives in front of Batman to save his hero. Ah. Um, and Joker admits that he created this uh, Bat-Zaro uh, as a way for him to be able to kill a Batman.
0: Hmm.
1: Which is really weird. It's very dark. It is.
0: I feel like regular Joker knows that he can't kill the real Batman because that ruins the joke. That's true. That was a big thing in um, the uh, Rebirth storyline that i've been reading with uh batman getting married to selena um there's like a whole comic like right before the wedding where joker's like you can't marry him because if you marry him then he'll be happy and then there won't be any batman anymore and i need there to be batman because i'm the joker <laughs> um and she ends up listening to him which is sad
1: mm. so so this bizarro uh bizarro three again the one created by the joker has extra powers, uh, and in the 2007 comic, he creates another Bizarro Batman uh, by duplicating himself. He basically like creates clones out, out of his own DNA or something. Mm. Um, and this bat- Bizarro Batman helps him fight off a Bizarro version of Doomsday, which is created by a Bizarro version of Lex Luthor. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> My head is spinning.
1: And this... Uh, Bizarro Doomsday is also, uh, taken down by, like, Superman and a powered Jonathan Kent, mm-hmm. Superman's father.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know how he gets powers. I don't, I didn't read the comic too closely. I just sort of was, like, looking to see what, what Bizarro Batman did in it. Mm. Um, so maybe that's some reading for you. Um, B- Bat-Zaro also appears in Rebirth. Um, he appears on an alternate universe, mm. which is Earth 29, or the Bizarroverse, which is just like a Bizarro version of Earth that has Bizarro and the v- Bizarro versions of the Justice League.
0: Okay, but it's not the Bizarro Earth. No, it's not.
1: It's not Atreia. It's not Atreia, which is like separate in the same galaxy. It's like an alternate version of Earth that has everything backwards.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just want to point out, since we're talking about Hetrea sorry, I pronounced it wrong, um, in the last comic, in the last panel of this comic, I can see how a bunch of these are clones of Superman, especially because a bunch of them are wearing Superman costumes.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's there's established canon about it. I-
0: there's even a couple that look like Jimmy Olsen.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's who the guy with the brown hair is. Yeah. Maybe that happened in an earlier comic that I didn't read.
0: Maybe. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry I interrupted No,
1: me. no, that's fine. That was pretty much the end of it. That's like all Bat-Zaro has appeared in is basically stuff that Bizarro himself has appeared in. Yeah. Um, he's kind of just like a tertiary to Bizarro. Yeah. Which is a Superman villain for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Even though he's not really a villain, he's doing what's right in his own twisted version of things.
0: Yeah, he just looks at the world a little different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Maybe that's the moral of the story. Look at the world the way you want to. But maybe don't kill people or...
1: Cause havoc.
0: Block traffic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Don't block traffic.
0: Um, All right. Cool. Well, I hope you had a good week. I hope you continue to have a good week. I hope you have a good next four years. Um, We'll be back next week. (laughs) And uh, I don't know what we're going to do.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a surprise to the listeners. Yeah
0: almost uh it's almost valentine's day Ooh, which is also our anniversary Ooh. um and actually next week is the anniversary of the day you proposed to me eee. isn't that exciting
1: yeah yeah
0: so maybe we'll do something special for that i don't know does that ever never get engaged before selena i don't think so uh
1: i know that in an alternate version of the like earth one or whatever he does marry selena i'm pretty sure Ooh. and they have a a kid and that kid is huntress really i think so yeah interesting
0: i have some reading to do (laughs) all right have a good week uh and we love you and uh the theme song for this podcast was created by ben dean you can find him at tinyurl.com b-e-n-d-e-a-n-e And our logo was created by Savannah Storm. You can find her at s on Instagram. Have a great week.